Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Jack. Jack O'Hara. Boy, you asked me some interesting questions, my man. It's a great question, Jack. Jack, hey, it's Josh Radder. Hey there, Jack O'Hara. It's Johnny Damon. Jack, so you had questions for me. Jack O'Hara? Absolutely. This message is for Jack O'Hara. Jack, how are you? Hey, Jack. Jack, hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, Jack? Uh, listen, man, you know, you, you, you asked me a couple questions. Live and broadcasting around the world, you're listening to The O Show. In the show and uh, doing your thing, I mean, you've got some pretty big name guests. I've seen your, your stuff, so congratulations on your success. Jack O'Hara. Much nicer guy than Conan O'Brien with much better interviewing skills. Don't forget to share this episode on your social media. Now, let's get to it. I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's totally going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. Uh, an inspiring person who wants to be not only in the sports and broadcasting field, but also, you know, filmmaking, wanting to create content to, like, again, tell that storytelling, that storytelling aspect kind of sets my soul on fire. I know it does yours as well with everything that you got going on. I, I, I kind of first wanted to pick your brain, I guess, just to get right into it, kind of mm-hmm. to pick your brain about how you started, because you got a broadcast journalism degree, I know. Did you, you know, looking at where you're at right now, did your you know, passion kind of mold and evolve over time, or did you know what you wanted to do from the get-go? Yeah, it changed. Um, it changed a lot. Um, yeah. I, I talk about it actually a lot with, with college students that I was certain from the time I was a teenager that I was going to be a broadcast journalism major. I was going to be a sportscaster on TV, and that's absolutely what I wanted to do. I put 100% of my effort into that, um, and that was the goal, leaving um, college for me. And, uh, and I was lucky enough to do it. I moved up to Bozeman, Montana for, for two years and was the sports um, uh, reporter and uh, anchor there in Bozeman, Montana. It, but it was interesting. During that two years, it made me kind of reassess and recalibrate that I really wanted to stay in sports production at that time. But I had as much fun on the producing side as I did the on-air side. And, I, and it was as I was starting to kind of think that way, that USC where I went um, to college called me and offered me a full-time job to work in, in athletics. And, uh, and that led to four years there and then seven years with the LA Kings, um, you know, as a producer, uh, you know, shooter editor and, and flash forward to now. And, and I took that scary leap to starting my own production company. So it did change a lot because I was positive. I wanted to be, um, you know, with my face on camera and somewhere along the line, the storytelling, as you mentioned, kind of took over, and and that's really where my passion uh, lies. I mean, it's amazing to see. Like, I'm still, you know, I'm graduating school in a few weeks. Just the past four years to see what more is out there. You know, like from a behind the scenes standpoint, production and directing and everything else that goes on. There's so much more to it than you know 
wanting to be like whatever you wanted to be like me growing up. I grew up in the New York, New Jersey area, wanting to be the next, you know, John Sterling, Michael K, you in Southern California, probably the next Vin Scully as a broadcaster, you know, and, and you obviously a big hockey guy as well. So like, was that the inspiration at first to be like a commentator, just to be like an on-screen guy? I, I don't, well, no matter what along the way, uh, I had a passion for sports and yeah. I loved playing sports. Uh, until, you know, through club hockey in college. And at that point, that was the best athletically I could do. So I knew that that wasn't a future. So I knew the next best thing was working in sports. Listen, I love to talk. I, that's part of it. I mean, there's my parents have home video of me as a like eight or nine year old calling play by play of my brother's little league games. So it was just something that immediately I, I love to do. Um, and so that's why I gravitated towards it. Um, you know, and I, it's funny. I think about it now. Uh, I went into broadcast journalism. My brother went into music. My parents definitely, um, you know, told us to follow our passions. Those are two industries where it takes a lot <laughs> to make a living out of it. But but we really did, you know, pursue things that we were passionate about. You know, it wasn't just like, hey, go get go get a business degree and figure it out. Oh my, I, I totally understand. I want to be in broadcast journalism. My brother just moved to Nashville. He's an aspiring musician as well. So I, it's very tough. I mean, I've seen it from both ends, you know, and, and you know, to kind of go off that point, you kind of, you know, molding your passion in that sense of wanting to do it from, you know, behind the camera, from the storytelling aspect, you know, when you first got into it, like how familiar were you with all, you know, the equipment, the production setup and everything? Because it seems like now, like, you, you know, you're like in tip top shape, you know, what's going on, you're an expert at it. But like starting out, was it very difficult, you know, learning, you know, how to not only do it, but like also talk it like the lingo and everything from, you know, that production standpoint? Yeah, I, I will give USC credit because they, I knew nothing. Yeah. I knew nothing other than this is something I'm passionate about. I want to learn about it. And they have, you know, like a lot of journalism schools, um, like a Fullerton and ASU, um, they have a student run TV station and it, it is by far probably one of the best tools I had. You listen, I went to all my classes. I did all my schoolwork. It was the time and the hours and the days I spent in that student run station, making mistakes, shooting stuff for the first time, trying to learn how to shoot football and basketball and water polo. Um, the one thing that I loved was, was just doing it. Um, you know, and that, and that falls right back into, into internships while I was there as well. You know, I wasn't making a dime, but I could tell I was getting better, just yeah. like any skill set. And that, that became a, like addictive, really, because all of a sudden I started learning how to shoot on, on you know, really simple cameras. Um, I was exposed and, and was shown some nicer, more expensive cameras. I parlayed that into a job doing um, all the coaches film for, for uh, football, which I was fortunate because the football team was pretty good when I, when I was there, but I, I all of a sudden I'm on, on big broadcast cameras and I'm, and I'm learning about those and I'm able to shoot on those. So, you know, it really came down to wanting to learn about it and being in a position where I was exposed to it all. And that continued all the way through basically every new job I took, I was exposed to some sort of equipment, some sort of lighting setup, that I hadn't been before. And I just asked a lot of questions. Um, things are still evolving and changing. Oh, yeah. The cameras now are, are incredible. And so that, that's an interesting part for me is as in, we can chat a little bit about it later, but as a business owner, 
a lot of times what I'm doing is I'm putting teams together. Well, I'm in a position now where there's some of the equipment we're using, some of the cameras we're using, I haven't shot on before. And so it comes down to making sure I'm hiring the right people and tools because I can't necessarily do it all. Um, But it's a constant, it's constantly learning. I still, I'm still constantly learning with some of the travel I do with Princess Cruise Lines and that, in that group. Um, Technology evolves so fast that I don't think you ever can really be stagnant in this industry or, or just the technology is going to pass you up. Oh yeah. I mean, just think about what it's going to be like in five, 10 years. It's going to be unbelievable. Like you can't even think of what it's going to be like five, 10 years from now. And I will say like, I, I look at myself as a bit of a tech nerd. I'm definitely not. I mean, there's people I meet along the way that are so savvy and they know so much. I tend to generally ask a lot of questions, probably why I love doing interviews. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really enjoy learning about all the different codecs that these cameras shoot in, how the quality is continuing to change. And then as those files get bigger and bigger, how do we store those? You know, are we going to continue to store things on drives? Is a cloud solution the best? Is, is, are the internet upload speeds good enough to support terabytes and terabytes? So there's, there is a nerd, nerdy side of me that loves that stuff just because it is a workflow process in this industry. Yeah, I mean, th- that's kind of the stuff, you know, like you just mentioned right there, the stuff when it comes to, you know, saving stuff on current drives, you know, the, the amount of, uh, of, you know, kilobytes are in a specific thing. Like, I'm still trying to, like, figure out, like, you know, not only, like, the lingo of that, but how that all works out. Because, like, you could film all of this great stuff, and then you don't have the storage for it, or it gets lost, and, like, you have all of these different files. Like, I have a few buddies who are really into it, and I'm just like, I don't understand any of this. So, like, you know, did you slowly, you know, like you said, like going through school, going through everything, learn all of that. And then eventually the passion just took over. And like you said, you were curious. You asked so many questions about it. Yeah. And, and here's the one thing I'll say is uh, there are some really amazing people in this industry, okay. um, whether it's sports specific or not, or just, or just, or broadcast or in production. Generally speaking, people are willing to help other people and people are definitely senior um you know production leads are they like seeing younger people that are go-getters that are curious they want to learn um i found i tended to gravitate towards those people and ask them a lot of questions and try to learn from them and they and i was i was fortunate that there were people along the way that just gave me a ton of knowledge um and taught me and, and helped me grow so that was part of it i mean it wasn't like i i you know, it's so different, you know, talking about sports analogies. It's not like there was this like raw talent. I just like, it clicked and got it. No, no, no. It was, it's a process and still is a process of just learning. I mean, perfect example. Um, I'm working with Sony right now on, on their cloud solution, because as I mentioned, as these files get bigger and bigger, I don't want to spend as a company owner thousands and thousands of dollars just continuing to buy drives. And it's also just not sustainable and it doesn't necessarily mean those files are going to last forever. So I'm working with them on a cloud solution and how much does that cost compared to the drives that I have to buy? Mm-hmm. What, what internet speeds do I need to make this even feasible? So that's the definition of I'm talking to Sony to learn, to see if that's a direction I want to take my company or not. I'm not an expert in that, but it's, it's something I'm curious about and I want to learn. So it's still happening. You know, I, I've been doing this now for 15 years and I, I'm still asking those questions and finding the right people. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about, right? And I've, again, like four years into this, you're obviously, you know, this is your career. I'm trying to break into this. Just noticing how kind people are who have the passion to do it. They want to give back and, you know, help others along the way when they see that same fire and same passion that they had, you know, many years ago or, you know, how many years ago. So, so from that, you know, standpoint, you, you get into this side of, of the business. What what were some of your inspirations? Like, what did you watch when you looked at certain aspects from, you know, production and watching like these promo videos of things saying like, oh, that's really cool. That that music back, backtrack's awesome. Like, how, like, what were the, the specific videos that you watched along the way that kind of helped mold the stuff that you wanted to create in the future? It, it changed and evolved as my career went. I remember when I was at USC, um, back when I was there full time. So after I graduated and gotten a job there, uh, a lot of what we did was um, some of the highlight videos, not only for social, because social was just starting to take off, but it was for the football team. It was called the Friday night video. It was the last thing they'd watch before the Saturday game. And so what I started to do as social media took off was, what are my counterparts doing? Um, and you, you find where the talent was Colorado had some awesome producers um South Carolina did uh Auburn and LSU I watched a lot of their stuff um you know part of it is inspiration part of it's finding those people and talking to them um they're not at Colorado anymore but I know all the Colorado guys simply because I saw their stuff said I love what you guys are doing tell me about it um and it's interesting because it I never wanted somebody to say oh this is you know this is competitive we're not we're not going to talk about it like I said it's there's a lot of collaboration in this industry. And that's the cool, I think that's one of the coolest parts. So I was watching a lot of that. Um, and, and then the same thing happened at, at, uh, at the LA Kings. Um, I didn't necessarily just watch hockey, but I definitely had a pulse on what are the other teams doing. And especially when we started the all access show, that kind of 24 seven HBO, you know, docuseries, we launched our own and I definitely reached out to like the Boston Bruins, the Buffalo Sabres were doing something like that. And again, I got a ton of information, a, a lot of tips, what works, what doesn't, how you, how can you sustain this over several, several seasons without burning the players out or, or your access, all that kind of stuff. So um, along the way, I, I've made sure to set time aside, you know, and it's not, it, some people will sit there and it, it just looks like you're having fun watching you know, watching stuff, watching shows, but it really is um, a part of the job is kind of mining what, what's good out there, what's the best out there, and then finding out what that process is to help you along the way. You know, I still do it, um, you know, today. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle, one of the, my clients, I'm in the middle of launching a, uh, a TV show, um, surfing TV show, and I've done exactly that. I, I watched a ton from Vans, um, from Billabong, um, and it's a host driven show. So I started watching single host driven shows. We're talking stuff on like HDTV and discovery just to see what, what, what works, what doesn't, what's the process. So it's, you know, it's funny you ask that question. Cause even to today, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. It's I'm trying to find in mind the stuff that works and then find the stuff that doesn't work to avoid that. I mean, that's very interesting, especially because like what you do now, like people are coming at you like, I have this idea, I have this idea, I have this idea. You, at the same time, I feel like have to have a certain level of passion to do it as well in order to tell the story the right way, or at least in the way that they want it to be told. Because you, like you said, like you have to study what 
their you know objective is. You have to study what the overall landscape of it is in order to find that feel, in order to create that certain story, whether it is the the one that you're passionate about or the one that they specifically want to be told. Do you feel that way? Yeah, especially um, now that you know I own a production company, so there's a lot of different topics, a lot of different clients. Yeah. Um, some of it is instructional video. Some of it is, um, you know, that docu reality, you know, type. Some of it is borderline scripted. Um, the one thing I've always said is, is no matter what, you know, genre it is or what the client is, is it's taking their vision and making sure it's authentic. Um, and that goes for, for everything I've, I've ever produced that, that has, you know, has been okay. <laughs> is as long as it didn't feel fake and it felt authentic and that you know and that can vary a lot depending on on the style you're shooting or the style of show it is um but that at the core of of me as a producer and storyteller is just that is is this you know is this authentic or is this just does this just feel fake and not real because the minute you do that you're going to lose people if if you're storytelling with passion and it's an authentic story um, it's going to carry itself as long as you execute it properly. So starting out, you know, you kind of realizing that were there a few stories that you're like, yeah, I'm not feeling this. Like we could do a lot better. And it kind of like formulated that, you know, sense of urgency to say like, okay, we need to do something that's real, authentic, almost raw in a sense, as opposed to something that's more like cookie cutter along the lines of what people are asking you to do when you first start out in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I really, really, experienced that uh both um with usc and the kings when they wanted to do an all-access show because all of a sudden now is if you're doing it right you really want to get to know these players the coaches uh how are they away from the field or the ice um what i first tended to do was okay we're gonna have access to this player or these players we need to put them in a in a scenario that's going to be that's going to, you know, that's going to be intriguing. So like, let's take these guys bowling or let's, let's do this. And so what I was doing is I'm trying to manufacture something. Well, I never stopped and asked these guys, Hey, what would you do on a normal off day for fun? I mean, the reality is it, it's not bowling. It's, they want to go play beach volleyball. Um, and so that was the key for me was, was again, it comes down to, to it being authentic was, Sure, we want it to be engaging. I don't want to just film them sitting around their house, per se, watching TV. But it was actually asking the athletes, what do you do? And what do you do for fun? You know, um, I never in a million years thought in the offseason that they had the green light to go paintball and, and were able to capture stuff like that. So it, it, was learning, it was learning, honestly, to ask the questions even off camera, to figure out what's, what's going to be intriguing, what's going to be authentic. Um, I remember now one of the one of the players was an awesome cook and would always cook for the family. Like he was the cook for the family. And so we were able to capture that. And I remember that ended up being like one of my favorite kind of scenes that we that we shot was him cooking the meal for his wife and kids. Um, just because you don't see that side of a pro athlete that often. Right. And so that was a big thing of learning what works and what doesn't is again, trying to find what are those authentic moments that they're willing to share that uh, the fans are going to love because you're just seeing a side of, of somebody um, you haven't seen before. 
Now, were, were the Kings, like, very, like, during that time period, I feel like, you know, you're there for six, seven years. Like, that's probably one of your more, you know, growing periods, I, mm-hmm. I'd say. I don't yeah. know if you agree with that. But at, at the same time, like, were they more open to that kind of stuff? Like, okay, like, on the field, on the broadcast, you know, you're talking about hockey. You're talking about their playing, their, their stats, whatever. But at the same time, when you're looking at these, you know, other things, whether it shows other things from a production standpoint, you're looking at, oh, this guy, he's basically like the, the team chef when, you know, people are hungry. Like, are they more open to, you know, stuff that wasn't hockey related in that sense? Yeah. Um, maybe I'm biased because I am a hockey player, but right. after working um, in several sports, college and pro, um, hockey players, are some of the nicest athletes I've ever met. Oh, yeah. And maybe it's because, you know, in LA, they're not pulled 10 different, you know, ways like the Lakers are, or the Dodgers. They tended for the most part uh, to be willing to share their lives away from the ice. And that, that's what made that, that all access show black and white. So special. Mm-hmm. Um, our head coach invited us up to the middle of nowhere, Viking Alberta to his cattle ranch. That's been in the family for generations. And in the off season, he's a farmer, like he's a legit farmer. And we filmed him waking up at the crack of dawn, moving cattle, um, building fences. Like, I don't know, you know, I don't know how many sports where the head coach invites you to his home in the off season to film him farming. <laughs> you know, it just, so I, I feel very fortunate that I worked in hockey as long as I did, just because the support staff, the players, the coaches were all incredible. And, and, yeah. and man, that is huge for making a show engaging is having a buy-in and having access without those two things it does get really tough um and it's why sometimes with i'm sure with the nba and nfl it can be it can be a little bit tougher um i was very very fortunate and the the, the kings and the support we had for that show was amazing and at the same time like the guys are buying into what you're trying to produce at the same time so everybody's kind of on the same page at least for the most part i'm sure you've had a few experiences where that wasn't the case but, you know, on that topic, what was one of your, if not the most, you know, intriguing um, story that you guys were able to produce and put together that kind of like, again, set your soul on fire in that sense and really, you know, kind of came across on every platform when, you know, you look back at it and you got that feedback from everybody saying like, oh my God, like that was perfectly told. Like that was an awesome thing to watch. With the Kings, there's two things that I'm probably most proud of. Um, one was... Um, Bob Miller uh, is, is the voice of the Kings. Uh, he's retired now, but LA has been very lucky with Chick Hearn, Vince Scully, and, and Bob Miller. And uh, Bob retired while I was there as the director uh, of production. And so I had the um, pleasure of writing a script with Al Michaels and Al uh, voiced it. And, and Al Michaels is a huge Kings fan. He's a huge Bob Miller fan. And so I was able to sit down with, with Al and write a script with him um, and, and interview a ton of people that were able to talk about passionately what Bob Miller meant. And we're talking everything from local broadcasters to Kobe Bryant to um, uh, Vin Scully uh, and, you know, the, Jerry Bruckheimer. Like the list went on and on and on. And that's one where I look back and I still watch it. And I'm really proud because it, it stood the test of time now here, looking back years uh, ago. And uh, I was able, again, though, it's not, this wasn't like a, I did this. It was, I was able to surround myself with extremely talented people. Um, when you have Al Michaels helping you write and voice uh, a video, 
it's probably going to be pretty good. Oh, <laughs> and so that's one that I'm really proud about. On the all-access show side, um, there was a guy named, uh, named uh, Brant Myers. He, just, he actually just put out a book. Um, he was a tough guy in the NFL, a fire, or in the NHL, I should say, a fighter. Mm-hmm. And he had a drug addiction, really bad drug addiction. He hit rock bottom after his career. Dean Lombardi, who was the GM at the time, brought him on as a full-time employee to be there for the players if, if any of them, any of their family members, anybody had any kind of issue like that. And the whole point of it was he was a safe haven. He wasn't going to go run back and talk to management about it, but he was literally support for the, for the team. And we did an episode on Brant telling his story of, of really the, the night he got arrested, you know, that, that wow. ended his career um, or at the end of his career. Uh, and he was basically hauled away to jail. And that was like the turning point of him getting sober and completely changing his life. You know, he has a beautiful daughter now and, that's a that's a tough story. That's a very real gritty story, and um, and he was willing to open up. And, and I mean, it was it was like an hour and a half long interview that led to this. And I look back on that one as well um, because we captured it really well. And the coolest part about that is, as he wrote uh, his book, he actually uh, went back into YouTube, pulled that video, and used that video to help promote his story in the book. Oh wow. Which, which made me feel like we did, we did his story justice. Um, so those are the two, you know, that I don't go back and watch uh, stuff I produce very often, but those are two that I'm really proud of. Yeah, I, I was going to ask, cause like what you were saying about the Al Michaels thing, you know, how it stood the yeah. test of time in a sense. Like you just said that you don't often go back and look at stuff unless, you know, like you were proud of it. Like were there ever times back in the day where you would look back at something and think like, Oh man, I wish I did that differently. Or I wish, you know, I did, that definitely because i know like all artists in that sense you know when you're creating stuff you could have wished like oh this would have been cool if we added this in you know looking back at it five ten years later so probably not that far back one thing i definitely do though is because things move so fast right it's always the next project the next project i almost would do like a self-scout this is especially when i was in sports more than now with my company but at the end of each season i'd usually string all the episodes together and I'd sit down and watch them all, um, you know, once at least once or twice. And I'd actually make notes for what what worked and what didn't for that next season. So I almost like self scouted, you know. And and a lot of times I would do it with our production team. It wasn't just me by myself. It was our director of photography. It was our editing team. Um, and we have discussions, you know, exactly about about that. It's funny now looking back. Part of it's technology. I mean. When I was doing some of the stuff at USC as a student, I mean, we're still in standard def. So it's all four by three. So you look back on it, you're like, man, this stuff looks really old. But it is cool every now and then to see your personal growth and the growth of, of teams as you start building really talented teams. And there's no, there's no doubt that's happened because I go back and look at some of the stuff from like my early 20s and I go, oh gosh. With that being said, I watched um, when I wasn't a sportscaster, as tough as it was, and it was cringeworthy at times, I did watch myself almost weekly because I needed to see what was working, what wasn't. And you tend to have crutches with, with certain words. Oh yeah. So I'd start realizing what I was saying over and over. And you don't, you don't catch that unless you watch yourself, which sounds like such an ego thing. It wasn't, but, but the answer to your question is, yeah, I, I definitely, 
I definitely do watch stuff I've produced, um, but it's usually within like a small window of being in that project. I haven't gone back and watched my USC stuff in forever. Right. Yeah, I, I, I probably wouldn't either. I mean, I look back at my play-by-play stuff over the past four years. Like, you talk about crutches. I probably have 13, 14 off the top of my head that I could tell you about. You know, we had one last night, and I know I used, like, five or six of them. Like, my director was in my ear. I'm like, we need, like, a drinking game to, like, have to, <laughs> whenever you say those certain things because, like, we hear them all the time. What so I definitely, get, I definitely get it from that aspect. But, uh, you know. What sports like, do you do play-by-play for? All, like, we have baseball. Women's basketball, because men's basketball is our baby. They let Fox Sports Arizona do that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Men's and women's volleyball, men's and women's soccer, and then softball, of course. So we're all over the place, which is nice because you're able to, you know, be flexible at a young age and learn all of these different sports, learn the terminologies, get to build those relationships at the same time while you're, you know, trying to figure it out in a sense, you know, because – you know, four years into it, you're still going to figure out. I'm not going to look back at this four years. Like, like you just said, like, you're not going to look back at your USC stuff, whatever you did and think like, Oh man, that was awesome. Like, I feel like there's very few people who look back at, at that and say like, yeah, that worked. Like if you're that person, you're probably, you probably made it, you know? Yeah. But the coolest part is seeing how quickly you progress. Like that's the coolest thing. I remember like I did play by play baseball and man, the difference between my sophomore year and my senior year, it was like night and day. So that's the really cool part. And the thing is, like, probably now, like, you'll look back at things three years ago and think, like, even three months ago and think, like, oh, I learned this entirely new set and, like, I wish I knew this three months ago because it looks so much better, especially, like, from your end creating content. No, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, that, I mean, that's just insane to me. So, like, I guess the last thing I wanted to touch on with you, because I don't want to take too much of your time here, but, you know, you, you starting you know, War Room Productions after, you know, six, seven years with the Kings. Was that something that you had planned for a long time? Or do you think it was just like time for the next chapter in your life, you know, telling stories, helping other clients out? Like what kind of formed and molded into that? Yeah, um, a couple things. One is I had it in the back of my mind. It's such a scary jump because all of a sudden you go from this, you know, biweekly paycheck and and all the, you know, benefits and healthcare and all all the stuff that comes with jobs to okay it's it's on me it's either going to work or it's not it's either going to take off and grow or it's going to fall apart and so there's pressure there and it's scary uh it's the best decision i ever made um there's no question about that but it was something that i thought about a lot i wanted to do um after being in sports solely in sports as long as i i i had been i i started getting um an opportunity, AEG owns the LA Kings. And I was starting to have an opportunity to do some of their music festival videos, like Coachella and Stagecoach, and uh, some of their partnership activation stuff. And I realized how exciting that was. And it wasn't that I, I just stopped liking sports, but it gave me more variety, more creativity. And so as a creative, that really excited me. And that really was kind of what solidified for me wanting to do this was, I still get to do sports. I did stuff with the, with the LA Rams, you know, just back in January. So I still get my sports fix. Um, I do enjoy being a fan again, being an LA Kings fan, <laughs> not being work. But the fact that, um, you know, I, I, I do tons of stuff with uh, destination travel videos with Princess in, in Holland America cruise lines. I'm able to do stuff with, with a Facebook. Um, you know, I'm in the middle of working on a project uh, for a company in Germany. Uh, an arena in Germany and in Oberhausen right now. So 
that part of it is super cool. And I, I have been able to pick and choose what industries I really want to go to. The travel industry is incredible because uh, I get to go travel the world making content. Um, I can't think of, of a much better job than that. No, I mean, from that aspect, like you get to, again, like you said, broaden your, 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 your sense in a, you know, in a sense of getting to work, you know, what was it? AEG, the, the, the big, uh, you know, marketplace working with, like you just said, like Lollapalooza and Coachella and all of these giant, you know, music um, festivals, you know, music, film, whatever, like you just said, travel is awesome because you get to go all over the place. And now, like you, you also said, you know, you're a Kings fan again, as opposed to, you know, working with the team, you know, growing up watching them is one thing. And then you get into work with them and you're there every day. I feel like you don't lose the passion, but at the same time, it's different. You know, watching it as a fan is so different than, you know, being there in the grind every day with everybody. Yeah, because the wins and losses, uh, of course you want to win, but like, it doesn't matter. No matter what win or loss, there's content being created. Where now I don't look at it that way. Like I'm able to be a fan. I'm excited for wins. I'm bummed out for losses. I'm excited about young players coming out. But it's, it makes it fun. Um, not that working and it wasn't fun, but boy, oh boy, is it different. I was worried. I was like, as I left, I said, I wonder if I can get back to being a fan again. Oh, it happened. It happened just like that. So it's been, an, it's been a nice transition. Um, and I'm still, I mean, I think I mentioned it earlier when we were chatting, I'm still learning like crazy. I mean, I'm a small business owner on top of being a creative. So it's, it's been learning everything from when I first started a couple of years ago, how do I make an LLC to, uh, you know, paying for and designing a website to how do I market, uh, myself and my company? Um, you know, that part has actually been a lot of fun. And it's, oh, yeah. yeah, it's like, it, it's the business side of it, but it's continued growth. I think that's maybe one thing that you'll notice is one, I smile, I'm, I'm a pretty happy guy, <laughs> but also I have a passion for learning. Even if it's, even if it's something as, as bland as just how do I make an LLC? And so this, I mean, perfect example is COVID. Things shut down. All of a sudden as a small business owner, I was having to learn how to, how to apply for grants through, through the state. Never thought I'd ever do that. So, you know, that's the one thing is as long as I'm continuing to learn and I'm having fun doing it, um, you know, War Room Productions is going to continue on. Yeah. I mean, curiosity is the key at the end of the day. Like you, again, like you mentioned going off into different things, getting to study different aspects, whether it is, you know, like the on-camera stuff of doing sports, music, you know, different storytelling, surfing for one that you're doing right now. Like you, you get to, you get to study those things. You get to ask a ton of questions, which keeps the, like it keeps not only the dream alive, but the passion like flowing and on fire all the time. I feel like you're constantly doing all of these different things, which is constantly feeding that passion and you're never burning out. You ever feel like that? Yeah. And, and you know, what's invigorating about it is, um, I'm never doing this thing alone. As I mentioned, yeah. it's, I get almost now I get as excited uh, about doing an interview or writing scripts as I do putting a team together. That's going to be successful. And that's part of owning a company, right? I can't be everywhere, especially when we have multiple clients in places. I get fired up for, for when really talented people come together and create some really amazing things, especially on the stuff where I'm having to trust them to do it because I'm not there. And so there's, there's a passion about, team building and leading now, um, that, that I have a lot of pride in, um, you know, and, and I, I feel as good about that, about their work as 
any time when, when I do an interview that turns out really well. And so that's been a cool uh, transition, um, but it is something that definitely drives me and it does help on that burnout factor. You know, it's another uh, area that I'm continuing to learn and improve in. And man, it's so cool when you're working with really talented people. You'll see, um, you know, as long as you surround yourself with really hardworking people that have great attitudes, uh, really good things happen. Yeah, I mean, surrounding yourself with, you know, not like-minded people, everybody thinks differently, but like everybody has the same, you know, goal. Everybody has the same curiosity to ask questions. Like you're surrounding yourself with a good bunch of people that all in all at the end of the day are going to work efficiently since everybody has that same curiosity and passion to succeed, which is really cool to see. Early on, did you ever surround yourself with people who like you kind of like molded through the weeds, like you knew who was passionate about it, you knew who was kind of, I don't want to say fade out, but like you knew that probably wasn't going to make it in that industry. I don't want to say not make it, but Mm -hmm. definitely over time I've learned, um, I've learned what I look for that's going to lead to success. And I'll tell you right now, I will take somebody that has a great attitude, who is a great teammate and has a passion, as you just mentioned, over somebody who has all the skill in the world, but is lacking that. I'll take somebody who maybe is a little more green and wants to learn and is willing to bust their butt and, and do so and have fun um, than somebody who has seven years of experience, but is super difficult to work with. So I've, I'll take that other person every single time. And I think that's really exciting if you're somebody young in this industry hearing me because I'll hire you over over somebody else based on, on your attitude and the way you approach things. I mean, I think, I feel like that gets lost sometimes, especially in today's world. Like you, you feel like you have to get like a 4.0 GPA and, you know, major have a bachelor's or a master's in production in order to, you know, like get that big job. Like that's not really what it's about at all. And a lot of kids don't understand that. I feel like, or parents even like, I, I know a ton of parents who like force their kids to get straight A's. It's like, that that's good and all, but at the same time, like you're going to f- develop your passion and your, 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 you know, your, your image in life and, you know, what you're going to do your why in life by having those real life experiences and, you know, molding together, meeting people and developing those relationships in order to develop that, that personal pride and passion for what you want to do. Uh, I'm not going to say that I don't think college isn't important because it was a right. big growing, um, period for me. I learned, like I mentioned earlier, I learned a ton. Now, with that being said, the three to five people that I value the most to work with, I have no idea where they went to school. I have no idea where they learned um, the ground floor stuff. I just know who they are as people, how I work with them and what they're capable of doing. Um, so maybe that's the, maybe that really does feed into what you're saying. It's not that the, the foundation's not important. I couldn't tell you where where, like I said, the people I, I really value working with, I have no idea where they, where they learned everything. No, I, I, I mean, just know they're awesome people. Yes, like the foundation, I feel like, you know, going to school, having those experiences, it's a part of those life experiences, you know, that I was talking about, you know, because again, like there's some people who have it from a school standpoint, there's some people that don't, you know, they, they develop and find things a different way. So I guess that's kind of where I was getting at that. Like mm-hmm. school, obviously, I think is one of the bigger foundations and finding who you want to be. You obviously learn a lot, um, you know, because in, in that regard, like it, it's difficult if you don't have that, right? Like it, it, you need a certain form of education in order to, again, you know, 
figure out things, learn that, you know, develop that curiosity to learn things. Yeah. And I'll say something else I think is really important is now thinking about some of the people I work with, some of the most talented people I know, they didn't necessarily go to the number one film school or the number one broadcast journalism school. Um, they went to small schools in Illinois. Um, I mean, some of the, some of the, the broadcasters that I think turned out to be the absolute best didn't even go to broadcast journalism school. I mean, heck, you can make an argument for me and where I am now in my career that I guess maybe a business degree and a film degree would have been better than a broadcast journalism degree. Oh, yeah. It's amazing how much things change. Um, and that's one thing that's probably really important to hear uh, for people to trying to figure out what do I want to do or am I making the right choices is you know, try to hone in on, on what your passion is. But man, things are going to change a lot. Things are going to change a ton. I went from absolutely certain I was going to be on TV for my entire career as a sportscaster to owning a production company um, in Southern California. Never, you know, never in a million years would have I said in college, that's what I'm going to end up doing. Did you have an, an, an exact idea of what you wanted when you were in high school? Like when you were like, okay, I'm going to be a oh. commentator for the Kings. Like, was that the goal? No, I wanted to be a, a sports anchor for ESPN. hundred <laughs> percent. So that was absolutely, uh, that was absolutely what I, what I wanted to do. I watched ESPN every single night. I, you know, I knew all the different anchors. That was something I wanted to do. I mean, again, like that helped you mold into what you want to do because you go into school expecting one thing and then you're able to come out of it a completely different person, which led you down the path that you ultimately needed to go down to in order to not only be successful, but to be happy at the end of the day. Yeah. And like the, the one other thing is like in high school, you don't probably factor in important things that are going to happen in your thirties and forties, like getting married, having kids, <laughs> um, supporting uh, that family and kids. Yeah. It, you know, in, in where do you want to raise your kids and all the, all the fun stuff that comes with that. So that actually played, played a part in it. Um, it is incredible how much things can change, uh, along the way. And you know, the one probably thing I, uh, people have asked me is like, did you give up on your dream? Did you get like, like what, why did you make that, that transition or that decision? And it wasn't because it's funny. I was still in my early twenties single when I realized that I had as much fun, if not more fun behind the camera shooting and doing the interviews I did on camera being like the face of local of a local newscast. And so it's just funny how that, how that can change as much as it, as it does. And the other part is I realized as you grow in market size, all of a sudden as the, as the on-air talent, you get less and less ability to shoot, right? It's basically done for you because the staffs get bigger and bigger and you're just the face. And that scared me, honestly, because I was like, no, no, no. The fun part was the shooting and the writing. And I guess the payoff at the end was you, you gave your sports cast, but I didn't like the idea of those creative things going away. And so that's part of the reason it drove me to want to, be a storyteller and a producer at heart because that's, I, I realized when all is said and done, that was the part that really drove me. Oh yeah. I mean, you, that goes back to, you know, what we were talking about earlier was you go into it thinking it's one thing and then you realize, oh my God, there's so many different aspects to it. Like you didn't realize how much work actually goes into little things. Like you think like, okay, I'm just going to grab a headset and I'm going to start talking and people are going to hear my voice. That's not really how it goes. You know, like you wow. have so many different people in your ear. There's so much preparation that goes into it. It's a completely different animal. And like, I feel like, you know, me, I still have a great passion for it. You obviously did too. It's just like you go down a different path and you're able to, again, mold those different thought processes that 
result in what you're doing now. And what you're doing now, obviously, you're passionate about, and it makes you happy. It fulfills you at the end of the day. Yeah, and it's listen. It is it's a departure from what I thought in college, but there's some similarities. Okay, I'm still riding like crazy. Okay, yeah. from the very get go, um, you write. So I I I do consider myself a writer, and then it's being creative and it's storytelling, and it's kind of at the heart of what your podcast and what this whole theme is. Is I'm still storytelling. It's just in a different way and in, in with some things different industries, but the core of it, the core of it really is similar it's it's telling stories oh yeah and like you just said like you take certain aspects that you had like yeah you had one dream at the beginning and it completely turned it into something else but you still have certain aspects of that dream that you're using in your current dream today which i think yeah. is very interesting yeah and there's no doubt like when i'm in you know hawaii or alaska or thailand um you know or europe you know doing destination videos there's not a, a fraction of me that's saying, oh, damn, I gave up on the dream. I mean, that is the dream. <laughs> right. It's still there. It was the foundation. It was put there for a reason so you could do what you're doing now, which is awesome. And, and again, I want to thank you so much for being gracious enough to come on the show today. I hope I didn't take too much of your time. I tend to ask a lot of questions after I say this is the final question. So hopefully <laughs> I didn't take too much of your time. But Rob, thanks again, man. And I hope you're staying safe. And hopefully uh, everything gets back to semi-normalcy and hopefully you're, you're again kicking ass and doing all these great projects that I hope you're having fun with. Thanks, man. It was awesome to meet you. Um, and I really like what you're doing. I can tell that you're passionate about, about you know, this craft, man. You're, you're going to do big things. Thank you very much. And I will definitely be picking your brain sooner or later about this stuff. Hey, anytime, man. Seriously, throw me an email, text, a call, whatever you need to do, man. I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's definitely gonna break up with you. She's definitely gonna break up with me. Should've used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.